Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Who's from the haters? Point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs its process. Every franchise needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah. Watch your head, yeah. We post a every game, yeah. Get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one. Let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if the bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause the bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to a bee. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Krell. I want to make sure that this city does not pop a socket after last night's game. Yes, the Sixers go down in Game 1 against the Toronto Raptors on their court. They now have to win. Well, they don't have to win, but it would would make their lives much, much easier if they won Game 2. But... You know, I, I want to make sure that this city doesn't lose its mind and start to think irrationally, which is exactly what we do almost all the time. We're not going to trade Ben Simmons for Drew Holiday straight up, as someone wanted to do. We're not going to look to draft the next great center because we're worried about Embiid's health because, A, you're not going to find the next best center at pick 26, and Embiid literally played the last three games of, uh, of you know, he played game five, or he played game four, he played game five, he played game one. So, he's feeling better. He's okay. From what we know, he's okay. And I know that says, what well, that's just what we know. Well, what else are we, what are we supposed to act on? We can't just, we can't just, conclude that the worst thing possible even though we had no evidence of it is gonna is, is happening we don't know that and so i i want to calm people down a little bit sixers lose game one that they, they get pretty much dominated from the uh fr- from the, about the, the eight minute mark of the first quarter on raptors lead by as many as 20 in the game um sixers though kept calling back they kept they kept in it that they, they, they fought ultimately they go down by third they, they lose this game by 13 and now you got guess what you go back to the drawing board it's it's the, it's the playoffs the playoffs are it's all about okay someone comes out and punches you in the mouth in game one who doesn't know you don't, don't know who it's gonna be it's gonna happen and you adjust in game two and then you come back and you hit you hit them back but it's gonna have to win who knows but that's just how a series works in the playoffs. You saw what happened last round. Sixers lost to the Nets in game one. Justin came back and beat them four straight. The Raptors lost to the Magic in game one. Adjusted came back and beat them four straight. 
it's a season of adjusting once the playoffs come. It's a seven-game series. you got to win four. And a lot of you say, oh, Sixers and seven. Well, then that means the Raptors are going to have to lose, are going to have to win three in order for the Sixers to win in seven. So that seems to be right on line with, with, with your prediction. So either you're just you're you're just frauds and you don't actually think that, and you're calling people cowards on Twitter because you think that they're being that they're being cowards and they're just being honest, or you actually think that they're going to win in seven and you're just a blather, a blabbering idiot because you can't live with one loss in game one. It's going to be okay. I'm not guarantee, I'm not saying they're going to win the series. I don't think they win the series, but I don't think it's going to be this the ridiculous uh, assault on the Sixers. I don't. Now, this is what happened in Game One. I I, I said in my in my latest article on Sixers Sense that it should be um, obviously Embiid on Marcus Saul, Redick on Danny Green. I then said Jimmy Butler on Leonard, Simmons on Siakam, and Tobias Harris on Kyle Lowry. Now, obviously Jimmy Butler could not stay on Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was was unbelievable last night, otherworldly. He had 45 points on 16 of 23 shooting from the field, and he was really unstoppable. I think Ben Simmons, ben Simmons was far and away his best defender. I think Ben held him to four of nine shooting. While I think he was nearly, he was perfect against Harris, nearly perfect against Butler. So clearly, neither Butler nor Harris can defend Kawhi Leonard. Now, I I thought Jimmy would do a good job. Clearly, he's a bit undersized. He's he's a bit slow, and he, and and those guys are just super skilled. But I think Ben Simmons has to be the primary defender. There are, are going to be times when, when 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 Kawhi beats him, but it's your best chance because clearly Kawhi was struggling a little bit against Ben Simmons, at least compared to what he was doing the rest of the game against everybody else. Now, I would not put Tobias Harris on Pascal Siakam. Why is that? Because Siakam had 29 points last night, and he hit three threes, two free throws, and a mid-range and a 15-foot jump shot. The 16 other points came almost exclusively against Tobias Harris attacking the rim or in the paint. Tobias Harris cannot guard Pascal Siakam. Now, am I saying Jimmy Butler can guard Pascal Siakam? No, I don't know that. But you have to try it. You have to mix and match and find a, co- a combination that gives you a chance to win and stay competitive. And I think Jimmy Butler on Siakam needs to be the next adjustment because Tobias Harris is not going to be able to stop Pascal Siakam. He's not a good defender as is. And Siakam should have been an All Star this year. So Siakam's a great player. He he was he was a di- he was a, a diamond found in 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 the rough on um on draft night a couple of years ago, back when our favorite fraud Brian Colangelo took Timoteo Luau Cabarro and and uh, Furkan Korkmaz in front of Siakam. We could have had Siakam. We don't. So that's our as the, you know that's a, that's that's a problem of the past. Now we got to live with the reper- repercussions of it. Now. I would then put so if I'm putting Butler on Siakam and Simmons on on um on, on Leonard, who am I putting on Kyle Lowry? Because remember Kyle Lowry is a five, uh, a six time seven whatever five six seven time All Star vet of this league. He can play the game, although he's he was pretty 
much zero last night. Um, he, didn't do, he didn't give them a ton. He certainly wasn't an all-star level player, but he, you know, he, he's he's tough. He can he can he can make shots, and he's he's a flopper. So who would I put on him? I would probably put Tobias Harris. Tobias is not going to shut him down, but I think his length can perturb Kyle Lowry, and his size can sort of make it make make Kyle Lowry work for for for, for baskets. And so he's going to commit fouls because everyone commits fouls against Kyle Lowry because again he flops, but. I I think the the matchup going I think the the matchups going forward should be um, Harris on Lowry, Reddick on Danny Green, Butler on Siakam, Ben Simmons on Kawhi, and obviously Embiid on Gasol. Speaking of Embiid on Gasol, that was a problem all night. Not 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 for the defensive part because Gasol didn't do um didn't do a ton for the Raptors. But the defensive part, and the, I think it has has a lot to do with the fact that when when Embiid is 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 demanding a, a guy who's a stretch five, that guy is going to run a pick and pop a lot. With pick and pop, you can't leave a, a stretch five open. We saw what happened last season against the Boston Celtics when you left Al Horford out; he knocked down three after three after three. So that forces Embiid's hand to go outside and contest the shot. What does that do? That brings him out of the paint. So when then when Horford kicks it to somebody else and then rains outside, it opens up the paint and then Embiid has to drop back and it's a it's a lot of movement back and forth for Embiid if a guy isn't just a back to the basket five like Jarrett Allen or Hassan Whiteside or Rudy Gobert, and so what so I think that tires Embiid out in the defensive end and as a result in the offensive end he he has he has less energy to work with but he there's a correlation between stretch fives and him struggling on both ends. And I, I think Gasol is a slower defender, certainly not the player that Embiid is. And so I think that I think what the difference is, is that it's the energy that Embiid has to expend on uh, has to expend on the other end of the court to get um, to, to 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 cover Gasol and then get back to the paint and help around the rim. So what's that? So what does that have to do with anything? That's just conditioning. That's something that he's going to have to get better at going forward. Not going to happen in time for this series, but it can happen going forward in his career. And then he just has to play better going forward. He shot 5 of 18 last night. That's an uncharacteristic game for him. It sucks, but he's got to be better. Straight up. That's all it is. has to play better. Let's move on to Jimmy Butler now. Butler, who had a really good, had a, had a, had a very, very good um, Brooklyn Nets series. You're all ready to give him the max contract. Right, uh, right to that series. As usual, we, we were reactionary about it, and I'll admit it, I was too. He was great against the Nets, and I think Butler's the kind of player, honestly, where. And I, I'm, and I, I wanted to save this take for Twitter, in a, in, a, in a couple games when we see what how this series plays out. But Jimmy Butler's the kind of star who can take over a game against pretty good players, but he's gonna be, he's he's gonna look rather pedestrian against the top echelon of players. Last night, he was pedestrian against Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam and everyone else. Maybe it's a size thing. Maybe it's an athleticism thing. Maybe it's a speed thing. Last night, Jimmy Butler was horrendous. He was indecisive, passive, was not shooting the ball well, had a couple turnovers. Need more out of Jimmy Butler. He wants a max contract. He wants the five years, 190. That's fine. Prove it. Earn it. Okay? And if he doesn't play up to that level... And then they don't give him that money. He goes elsewhere. Okay, that's fine. He's not. A, he's not. He's not 
of his word. He doesn't he doesn't care about winning as much. He wants money. That's just fine. That, you know that, that's everyone in this league. But maybe we're better off without him then. And I'm not saying we're better off. Don't don't think that's me saying we don't need Jimmy Butler. We need Jimmy Butler. But we're not going to sacrifice money to a guy who I'm not sure is going to get is going to be the key cog to a championship team. That's what I'm saying. Tobias Harris, I thought he had a really good start to the game. He he kept the minute in the first half. He shot six of no five of twelve in the first half, and then he was I think one of eight one one of uh, one of uh, five in the second half for six of seventeen shooting, and then you know he was quiet. Tobias Harris, I think again, upper echelon player. He's gonna come up big. He's gonna make you know he's gonna look great against maybe lower level competition. Teams like the Nets, teams like you know, like the majority of the league is, but against a team like the Raptors, size, athleticism, speed, what have you, I'm not sure. I kind of feel like he's just a more upgraded Robert Covington, who really is just a downgrade of Chris Middleton. So if we're if we're arguing whether Chris Middleton is better than than Tobias Harris, which I think Chris Middleton probably is better than Tobias Harris by by a slim margin, even though I'm not a Chris Middleton fan, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know that Tobias Harris is going to get you to the level that you need to be at to win a championship. I think what the Sixers did this year was they probably rolled the dice on two superstar young players and then traded two elite role players, maybe one elite role player and one, um, one star. Not superstar, but a star in Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. And now... You know, we're seeing what this team is. Tobias Harris is not a good defender. He's not a negative. He's not a positive. He needs to be better defensively. No one's arguing about that. And um, but he, what you see is what you get with him. He, he's not going to be a, you know, he's, he's going to give you okay defense. He's going to give you pretty good offense. He has a good mid-range game. He can get to the rim. Not a great finisher. But he can he can make, him make long-range shots, and he can take you off the dribble, which is what you need. Now, over to J.J. Redick. JJ was pretty terrible in the first half, and I've always said this. I'll say it again. I love JJ to death. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I was I was ecstatic when the Sixers signed him two years ago. He was great last year. Okay this year, pretty good this year. When he's not making shots, his defense has gotten to the point where it's so bad, where he can where you cannot have him on the court at all. If he starts a game out 0 for three or for four, gotta sit him out for for a good period of time, because his defense is so bad that he's just hurting you whenever he's not making shots. Had a terrible first half, had a lightning third quarter. He had five threes in the third quarter. He had six in the game overall. And, um, and you know, he, he, he brought the Sixers back. He, he kept him around for a little while. But ultimately, um, it, you know, he, he's, he's J.J. Redick. He's, gonna, he's not going to be enough to, to win you games against the Toronto Raptors. And so you need to focus. You need to find ways to get him better looks, whether it's, Four out, one then with Embiid in the paint, looking opposite for 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 shooters. As soon as he sees double team, he whips it around the other side of the court, and they're swinging that thing around like like like, like a uh, you know like, like a uh, a tether ball, and then um and then Redick is getting open looks. Who knows? But the dribble handoff is not going to work against the Raptors. It's not. You gotta you got you gotta find other ways to get him open. Ben Simmons, I thought was sensational last night. Only had I think two turnovers in the game. Um, he was, I think, seven of eight from the field for 15 points, uh, nine rebounds, four assists. I think 
Now, you need him to be more aggressive. He was pretty aggressive, though. He, he, he got to the rim a couple times, and he finished well. Um, I was pretty happy with his with his aggression. He, he looks like a different player since game one against the Nets, and certainly I was worried about how he'd come out after the way he played against Celtics last year. Clearly, he's learned a little bit in the two years since he's, since he's been in the league in his two playoff seasons because he was better last night. He was the best sixer on the court last night defensively and offensively. I thought he held Kawhi down pretty pretty about as well as possible and it, it is what it is um you know you Ben Simmons needs to needs to give you a little more in terms of aggression in terms of you know saying I'm gonna get to the rim you're not gonna stop me you need a little more than that but I thought he played a really good game last night obviously the turnovers that killed him all season long and three throughs were not that big of a factor to last night he only had two big step in the right direction for him um I think him versus Siakam and hit and then, sorry him versus Leonard, and then his aggression and his defense are going to be a big key to this series more so than I realized. And um, let's move on to, to to the to the bench now. This is where it gets weird. The, the Sixers bench actually outscored the Raptors by 14 points. Raptors had 23 at, at 10 bench points. Sixers had 23 bench points or 24 bench points. Sorry. Usually. Sixers bench is atrocious, and the Raptors bench is the best in the league. So the fact that the Sixers out bench outscored the Raptors bench by 14, and the Sixers still lost the game by 13, tells you a lot about how much of a uh, an anomaly this game was. Because if that were to happen in any game in the regular season, you'd say the Sixers won that game by 25. But this, but Embiid and Butler were so terrible, and. Or, that's terrible. Uh, uh, they were they were so subpar for themselves that, and then the rap, and then in return, Kawhi and Siakam were so fantastic that the Sixers still lost the game by thirteen, despite keep despite outscoring the Raptors bench by fourteen, which is which is pretty wild because I would have never have guessed that would have happened. Um, Brett Brown, I thought did a pretty good job. He went with Korkmaz. I, I wouldn't have done that, but it's, it's, but at the same time. It's like pick your poison. Who do you, do you want to go with? Zaire Smith is that a better option? Jonathan Simmons is that a better option? I mean, what what which player do the Sixers have on the bench that is a better option than Korkmaz? I'm not saying he's a good option. I'm not saying he's a remotely viable option. That's just how bad the bench is. And you need to say, do I want to stretch the floor, or do I want to, or do I want to, you know, get athleticism and, and speed and and defense in there? And I think against the Raptors, you got to say, okay, well, last well, we did it. We tried to stretch the floor with with Korkmaz, didn't work, wasn't good enough. All right, so maybe we try Zaire Smith next game, and then you work from there. But other than that, I really didn't have much of a problem. Maybe he could have established Embiid in the block more. Maybe he could have worked to get guys like Butler and 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 Redick open earlier in the game. But outside of that, I I thought that the Sixers' defense was pretty good. They the Raptors only had 108 points. That's still that's still a lot for the classic for you know the, the traditional NBA fans, but that's a that's below that's a below average scoring total for 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 an M, for the NBA this year. That's a pretty damn good defensive game. Ultimately, the Sixers just didn't make shots. That's what it was. I mean, uh, Joel Embiid five of eighteen, Tobias Harris six of seventeen, Jimmy Butler four of twelve. The Sixers core four shot, I think, uh, twenty one of sixty or something like that, thirty three percent. That's just an anomaly. I, the only I can just I have to key that up as an as an as an anomaly. It's an outlier game. It's a bad. It's an atrocious shooting night for the Sixers. And then on the other on the other hand, 
They played good defense. Kawhi Leonard and Stackham just made incredible plays. Kawhi Leonard was a sniper last night. He was otherworldly sub. He was, wasn't even human last night. He was making everything he shot, and it was ridiculous. I mean, I had to tip my cap to him, and as you guys know, I hate opponents. I hate – in the playoffs, I'm cold-blooded. I don't care who you are. I I, you're, I despise you. Last night, I was tipping my cap to, 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 to uh, Kawhi Leonard because he was, like, unguardable. Made every single shot he took. And – he, you know, he, he doesn't talk. He, he's not a trash talker. I respect the hell out of Kawhi Leonard. Goes out there, takes care of business, and wins games on both ends of the court. And I think if if the, if the Sixers adjust every game and the Raptors still shoot, or if Kawhi still shoots a 16-23 from the field, which he won't because it's impossible, um, you know, I'll live with that. I'll live with getting swept in the second round if... The guys are just making shots. I mean, Kawhi just there's if Kawhi could have four consecutive games like he had last night, the Sixers would have zero chance in the series. And I'd still say, okay, that's just what it is. A, a, a fantastic player played fantastically. You did everything you can. You put a hand in his face. He just made plays. And that's just how it is sometimes in the NBA. It isn't like you got outsmarted by a coach or you guys didn't play any defense or you fell apart. You, you, I thought the Sixers played really played played fairly well on both ends um, throughout the game, and Kawhi just made shots. Siakam just made shots. So now you got to come out in Game Two and you got to make adjustments. I think that means putting Harris on Lowry, Butler on Siakam, and Simmons on Kawhi. I think that's maybe looking to get the shooters better looks early on. Um, maybe let. let let Jimmy Butler handle the ball, not because Ben Simmons was bad. Ben Simmons was great, as I said, but because you want to get Butler comfortable and get him going. Because that's your chance. That, that's how you got to win the series is with all of your guys contributing. And defensively, I wouldn't change a ton. I, I said the matchups, but maybe you look to get Embiid positioned in the paint more, and you know maybe better utilize your bench. Corkmaz is not going to be the answer. I don't know that I don't know that Zaire Smith is going to be the answer either. I don't know that Jonathan Simmons is going to be the answer either. I think honestly, I know that people don't love to hear this because this sounds very excusey and very, you know, uh, very sort of like passive thinking. But a lot of this series is going to be the repercussions of a dumb GM making trash picks the last couple seasons. Sixers bench could be a whole lot better. Right now, if they had drafted well, and I don't, and, and I'm not even saying you have to be like a, a brain surgeon to do this. I mean, look at where the NBA was headed. Everyone can, is six, ten, six, eight, six, nine, six, ten. Everyone can shoot. Everyone's athletic. Everyone can switch. You telling me that you could, that you couldn't see that coming, Brian Colangelo, and you couldn't draft Pascal Siakam, or you know, any any number of guys who could just bolster your your your, your bench. Just pick, say, okay, he looks athletic enough. He he has a size. We can develop him, draft him. But to take two guys who are as bad as Tim Mutealuau Cabarro and for Con Korkmaz over Siakam when he's right there, you could have had Kyle Kuzma too. Instead, you took Andres Pashashniks. You what, what? What? What the hell were you thinking? Um, but that's a that's a conversation we'll have more later on. For today, that was that. That's the recap of last night's game. Sixers played game two. Tomorrow night, eight o'clock tip off, I believe. 
Um, got to come back and respond. Got to see how they adjust, come back and respond. We'll know a lot more about this series and about the Sixers team after game two. Do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgun time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. Also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. and Cobra spelled with a K. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the code TRUSTTHECOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid and its name are protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2019. Sixers lose game one, 108-95. They will be back in action on uh, Monday for game two, 8 p.m. tip-off. And again, we'll, we'll know a lot more about the Sixers after that game and about the series and seeing how after, they, after we see how they adjust. Um, as always, follow me on Twitter, Austin Villanova. Austin and Villanova. Just Austin Villanova. That's all it is. Talk basketball, baseball, football, whatever you want. I'm always happy to talk to you. Um, please, as always, subscribe, uh, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you for tuning in, as always. And we will see you following Game 2 tomorrow night.